Welcome to See You Through a Podcast, everyone. So today I'm going to be talking and sharing about the second part of my testimony. If you have listened to the um, episode that I first, probably one of the first ones I did actually was January 13th of this year, Finding God Through Trials and Temptations, um, you would have heard or listen to my testimony, part of it. I did give part uh, one of my testimony. And this this episode today is the second part of my testimony. Before I go any further, um, I wanted to make a correction on the first part if you decide to go back and listen to it. There is one part there that I talk about um, being delivered from alcohol. It actually was the age of 24, not 27. I just, I, you know, my numbers didn't, it, it was just, um, when, I, when I did that episode, it was really such a moving um, being able to share that for the first time publicly the way I did. And like I said in that episode, I've talked about it before, you know, in um, speaking engagements and preaching and stuff. Whenever the Holy Spirit has ever allowed me to minister in that area, um, so this 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 part two, it is very near and dear to me. So I want you to bear with me for this one. It's really, it's really the the whole thing of what sets the whole tone of my life starting in um, watching how faithful and God's grace is sufficient was to me at this time in my life. And even with other trials and temptations that I have faced, even then, I always am reminded by the Holy Spirit about this part. Just, you know, sometimes we just need that reminder that, you know, God's faithful. He is true to his promises. His promises are yes and amen. And, you know, this this part of my testimony was the first time I ever fully had an answered prayer. Even though it was long to me, what felt so long really was nothing to God's timing. And his timing is always perfect. And I'll get into what his perfect timing was for me in my life at this time. And really this episode is pretty much for any woman or family who has ever struggled with infertility or for fertility issues. Um, I know, like I said, I have shared this before, um, at pre at speaking engagements, preaching, you know, as the spirit has allowed me to share in that time and vicinity. And I know that a lot of people struggle, have struggled with fertility issues. Um, I have close friends, I have family members that have struggled with it, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm very compassionate about, it's almost as if I feel like God has always brought particular women into my life that have faced fertility issues. It's almost like when I see somebody, it, to me, I don't know if it's just the sense of the spirit or, or what, or it's just the intuition, so to speak. I'm not really sure how to explain it in the natural. But if you're a believer, you know, Holy Ghost filled spiritual believer, you understand what I'm talking about. And it's just, 
you know, it's like when you first meet somebody for the first time, you know, you can sense, like, you feel like I've walked that road that you're walking through, and God is faithful. Like, that's literally how I feel like the Lord has really just given me the intertwinedness of meeting different women all abroad, basically. And it's like, as soon as they start talking, I'm just like, I I understand. I've been there, even though it may not look like I've been there because I have three kids. But that's, that's just the part of basically, don't look at people based upon what you see. Because I have said this for a very long time, and I continue to say this. I even tell this to my girls. You don't know the cost of someone's oil. You don't know the sacrifices that they have made. You don't know the struggles or the midnight hour cries or just the just the the wailing of the cry of why lord why hasn't it come to pass. You don't know the the cost of their of their of their oil. And my mom used to have a phrase growing up was don't judge a book by its cover especially if you didn't read the chapter before you walked into their life, is basically what she used to tell me growing up. And so I always kept that in the forefront of my mind. And even now being in older and in ministry, you just, you don't understand the cost of someone's oil and the sacrifices that they go or what it took in obedience for them to be where they're at today. So again, this is part two of my testimony Um, If you've heard the first part, um, finding God through trials and temptations, uh, I did share uh, part one of my testimony. So this is part two. I just kind of wanted to lay some, um, a little bit of background there. Um, It's taken me a while to share this part just because I wanted to get my thoughts straight. I wanted to really just wait on the Lord to when it was time to share this. And I just believe right now in this time, it's very vital just because, like I said earlier, I've we've been praying for a lot of friends, close friends and family members that we know that have struggled with fertility issues. And um, it's, it's we're very deeply pas- passionate about um, that. Not that, you know, it's we pray more over that particular situation. It's just we've we've walked it. We've been through it. We know what um, the heartache and all of that comes with it. Um, it's it's a struggle. It, it's it's a struggle. So uh, again, that correction for the age in part one. You know, I was delivered from alcohol at age twenty four, not twenty seven. And you know, I want to start off with what man sees as a risk. There's no risk with God, and you'll understand that phrase later on when I share a little bit more of of what I mean by that. Um, it's just such, it became such a catchphrase for me, like to think that, you know, with God, anything is possible. There may be, you may see it as an impossibility, but all things are possible through Christ, whom gives you strength, and I wholeheartedly believe that. So I just want to say that, um, I, um, at the age of 24, God delivered me from alcohol. It was actually in May of 2009. I was literally delivered from alcohol. Um, And, you know, you'd have to listen to part one to really understand the whole depthness of that. And so during that time, we were literally trying to have another child. We had um, 
our first child, um, she was only actually uh, four at that time. Uh, turning, actually, she was turning five in 2009, and we literally had been struggling with fertility issues. We had wanted another child, really couldn't understand, and at that time of, of 24, I had gained like this massive ton of weight, and if, if um, I had always been petite all my life, literally, just small, petite, and you know, gaining all this weight unexpectedly out of nowhere. I'm like, okay, what's going on? I haven't changed any habits, anything. Nothing had really changed. And literally, I just started to get like acne on my face as if I was like starting puberty for the first time. And so it was like, I knew something's wrong. You know when something's wrong with your body, when you start uh, seeing different things, when you just, you, you just start noticing things like, what's going on? Why is that? Something's not normal. Something's not right, you know? And so I, I really started really paying attention to my body and understanding like what's going on. So I had, you know, I had struggled with my um, menstrual cycles for a very long time at a very young age when I had first started puberty anyways. So um, at the age of when I had asked the Lord to deliver me from alcohol, I literally pleaded with God and I said, and this is, I was 24, I was like, Lord, if you just, in, in literally in the middle of my uh, foyer area at the house we were living at, at the time, I'm like, Lord, if you just deliver me from alcohol, um, or if you give me this, if you, you know, fulfill this, my heart's de desire with a baby, you know, I'll, I'll give it up, I'll give everything up. And I know some people are just like, really, you would, you would put that on God? And it's just like, I wanted to see God's faithfulness. I wanted to know that he was the real deal. I wanted to know for a fact with myself that everything that I had seen and watched my grandmother talk about this God, talk about who Jesus was and to say how faithful and what a loving and merciful and graceful God was, I wanted to be able to see that for myself. So yes, I did do that. Was that right? I don't know, but it did show me his faithfulness. And a lot of times, I don't. I don't believe we. We there's a there's a right or wrong way to come to Jesus or uh, or an age. You know, I believe that we are just in a perilous times. That we are in a season of time where we're going to see God's miracles. We're, you're going to see promises be fulfilled. I started off this year literally saying it's going to be fast and furious, and I believe it has come to that time. Yes, we are in the middle of well. But yeah, pretty much the middle of April. And we have seen miracles of God. We have seen things that have been promised to us to be answered. And maybe there was some rocky bumps in between all of that, but he is still a faithful God. So I don't believe there is a right or wrong way. I just believe that you humble yourself, you pray, you seek and fast, and God is faithful. He is true and graceful in, in a loving way because he, he is a father who loves his children and he will see those promises be fulfilled. He promised it to you. He's going to see you through it. I believe that wholeheartedly. And so I did that. And literally, I was delivered from alcohol. And um, it wasn't until uh, still nothing happened. And I knew something was really wrong with my body. I knew, I knew because the weight, I was gaining so much weight. I wasn't getting any better. It was, it was pretty bad. So at age 26, I finally went to the gynecologist. The first doctor I had gone to, she was like, well, maybe you should get on birth control pill. And I'm like, okay. And then she said um, that 
get on that for a year and, you know, just kind of get my hormones and everything. Basically get back going again and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not waiting a year. I'm like, I, that, that's too long. I don't want to wait a year. So it wasn't really an option that I was willing to take or wanted to take because it's just like, you know, I mean, I wasn't getting any younger. <laughs> and we had waited a really long time, to be honest with you. So there's just a lot of heartache. There was a lot of just emotional stage Um I was battling depression just because I didn't understand what was going on. And, you know, to even back up to, you know, to tell you when, um, before I even had my first child, I was told by uh, my first doctor that I had seen, my first gynecologist I had seen that told me that kids would never be an option for me. And at the time, I was kind of like, okay, like, I'm not going to have kids anytime soon. I used to say that to my mom all the time, and she'd like, you better be careful. Don't never say never, because you just never know. And I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to have kids. That's, mm -mm." And little did I know, later on in that time in my life, I had my first child, and I literally told that doctor, I was like, I thought you said kids were not an option for me. So the joke's on you. And uh, we laughed about that. So, you know, I didn't think anything of it at the time when we were trying to have our second child because it was like, okay. And that doctor, my first, the the gynecologist I was seeing at the time, she wanted me to get on birth control pill, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, it just, I didn't want to wait a whole year. I had already, you know, like I said, I had already waited so long. There was just such emotional, different mixes of things going on. And so I went to, or actually in that time frame, she's like, okay, let's just order a sonogram. So I was like, okay. And then um, at the time of the sonogram, you know, they showed the pictures and stuff, and it, there was like these little, like little pellet-looking white balls is what it looked like, just little pellets. And they were like literally lined up on the right side of my ovary, and that's when I was diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And a lot of people, you a lot of people may be familiar with that. A lot of people may not. But um, doing so much research with that, um, it's actually a metabolic condition. Um, many women have it. A lot of women don't even know that they have it. Unfortunately, I had had it the whole entire time when I started puberty. Um, I didn't know, but. Um, Women, different women react differently. It it doesn't, it's different for every woman. Not every woman's going to have the same symptoms, not, or the side effects or anything like that. Mine, unfortunately, what I had was um, I, the, the excessive weight gain, which I had had. And, and like I said, I've always been, I had always been petite all my life. So when I had noticed the weight gain or even noticed the so much acne on my face, which even then as a teenager, I didn't really struggle with acne when I started puberty. So that was really red flags were going off and I just kind of like pushed them to the side, didn't really think about it until, you know, after I had, you know, gotten older and, you know, the Lord delivered me and then I was really trying to conceive another child And then, you know, I had gone to the gynecologist, and it all started, like, you know, lining up and making sense. And um, so PCOS, uh, there's different side effects. It's basically a woman produces more testosterone than they do estrogen is how it works out. 
Um, but I'm not gonna really lay out any kind of medical side because I am not a doctor. I'm just a person who struggles with PCOS. So this is my uh, version of the of what I've gone through and what I've experienced. So I just kind of wanted to put that um, there for you to, to let you know I'm not a doctor by any means. This is just my testimony of sharing with you on the struggles that I have faced with it. I continue to struggle with PCOS today. I'm a lot more knowledgeable with it than I was almost 12 years ago. So uh, back to where I just wanted to throw that little side note on that. So when I, you know, I was diagnosed with that, I really struggled with that. We were in the um, in the exam room and you know the doctor was talking to me and stuff and I literally looked over to the side, my husband was with me that day and I looked over to my husband and tears were just literally just streaming down my face and I looked at him at the time and I said um I'm sorry that um I uh I have this and I'm not going to be able to give you any more children and I'm sorry that you, like, literally, I'm pouring my heart out. I'm apologizing because I, I felt like I, you know, it was me. It was my fault. That's the whole reason. Like, that literally was my mentality was it was my fault that we weren't able to have any more children was because of that. And as graceful as my husband was then and still is today, um, he literally just looked at me and he said, assured me that wasn't the reason he married me and that everything was going to be okay. And so we went to another, I went to another doctor and cause I just was not going to do the birth control pill for a year. I wasn't going to do that. And I wanted a second opinion really. And if you know me, I, I was stubborn, a lot stubborn back then. Um, thank God <laughs> for Jesus. Um, but I, I, I didn't want to take that opinion from that doctor. And so I went to another doctor for a second opinion. And this doctor had a different suggestion. She actually uh, suggested and recommended for me to get on metformin. And metformin is what diabetics use for insulin because also PCOS has to do with you, um, you produce more insulin than other people do. So that that's another side effect of that, which also kind of goes with the whole metabolic stuff. So anyways, I, I encourage you to do your own research. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details of that. But anyhow, so I um, I was willing to try it. And this was literally November of 2010. So um, let me just back up a little bit. So January of 2010, me and my husband were actually baptized. We were new creations in Christ in January of 2010. Um, just, you know, because, at, you know, I had been delivered. I wanted to be, be a new creation in Christ. Like literally I did all of that. Like I felt like, you know, I was literally walking in a new way with the Lord. I was walking, you know, with Jesus, literally, so to speak. I was, I was becoming some, somebody different. I, you know, I had known Jesus. I was saved at a very young age and, uh, you know, yeah, I kind of, you know, one thing about God and the Lord Jesus Christ is that you can go to the wayside, but he's just, he's there always willing to bring you in and comfort you and accept you 
where you're at. You know, even though we fail him, he is still always there. Um, even when we're not faithful, he's always faithful. And that's just the beauty of the Lord. And so that year of 2010 of January, I, me and my husband were baptized and, um, I had to throw in that side note because you'll understand here later on why. But um, that was January 2010 when we were baptized and then, you know, went through all of that with the doctors in November of 2010. That same year is when I got on to uh, medicine to help. This doctor was very encouraging. And the, the good thing about this is that doctor also had, was very much knowledgeable of PCOS. She she knew a lot about it, and so there was, I, I trusted her and knew that, you know, of her knowledge and her background and stuff, I knew that she wouldn't offer anything, and I just, I just felt more comfortable in doing that. It was a different option, you know. So in January of 2011, um, the church that we were going to at the time, uh, we were going on to a Daniel's Fast. And I had never done a Daniel's fast or any kind of fast of anything. So this was something new for me. And so I was really looking forward to it. It, you know, really getting spiritually in tune with the Lord, having a spiritual experience, getting cleansed or whatever. And I, and I really was looking forward to it because I really felt like my body needed not only just a spiritual cleansing, but a physical cleansing, so to speak, um, just because everything that I had put my body through with alcohol and my addiction to pills and stuff like that in my life then that I had, you know, really faced. So I felt that this was really something that I knew I needed, not only just the physical body, but the spiritual self as well and I remember going on this fast and I remember just the first time just the spiritual experience was just wow like whoa I can't even explain to you in the natural of what I felt but it just was so powerful just so cleansing like kind of like when you go on a detox you know you detox stuff your body you get all that gunk out you know you you want to clean of all the stuff that we you know do to our bodies we feed our bodies you know the, the stuff we're not supposed to eat you know we should be eating healthy and stuff like that so we can take care of our our temple because our bodies are not ours. They belong to the Lord. They're, my grandma used to say they're just loaned to us. So we should take care of it. And the Bible does talk about your temple, um, which is, you know, representation of your body. And so it was just such a, it was such a cleansing. It was such an experience for me. And the only people that really knew about what we were fasting for, because I had so many questions, which I'm so thankful for our pastor and his wife at the time. They were so informative, and uh, they really, like, you know, helped and answered questions that I had, which was probably a million is what it seemed like. But I, I'm just so thankful for them and um, blessed that, that they were there in the most vital times in our life, and um, they were probably, they were the, literally, I'm not probably, they were the only ones that knew, like, we hadn't even told our family anything about, you know, what we were doing, fasting and stuff, because really that's just between you and God, and um, we had told them what we were fasting for, what we were 
you know, praying for. And um, little did we know, our oldest child then had literally had told our pastor that she wanted a baby sister. And um, so it, it just, just kind of how it all just kind of coincided together that, you know, our daughter didn't even know what we were doing or praying for, but she, uh, I remember the pastor then and our oldest had told us that she had, you know, said that she was praying for her sister. She was, you know, praying for a baby sister, baby brother. And, um, you know, God is so good. He is so faithful. And I was 26, uh, turning, actually I was turning 27 that year of 2011. And, um, excuse me, March 22nd of 2011, My husband and I, we had found out we were pregnant and expecting a baby born November of 2011. And um, God's perfect timing. And I say that because in 2011 was a fulfillment of promise. God's grace was sufficient. But in that same year, my grandmother had gone to be with the Lord, who was my mentor. She was literally the hands and feet in the flesh of Jesus for me. She was the only grandparent that I ever knew, grew up with, um, and I loved her so much and so in that time frame, not, not only did I know what was going to happen, but God knew. And, you know, we don't understand what God does in our lives, but he knows what he's doing. And he does it for our purpose, for his glory. And that year, we, um, what one doctor said would take a year. Um, God showed me his love and his grace, and that one doctor said it would take a year. God stepped in and did it in his perfect timing. And our second child, our promised child, was born in 2011, November of 2011. And literally a month later, after we had found out we were pregnant with her, my grandma had gone to be with the Lord. And you know, if, if you know, realize that it wasn't very much, not two, what, two and a half years, almost three years, well, something like that, you know, I had just gotten delivered from alcohol. And, you know, it's just, it's wild to me how the Lord will work because he knew how much, how much I loved my grandmother. He knew the relationship I had with my grandmother but that his timing would be for me to bear a child at that time in that same season of such rejoicing and praising and just soaking in his faithfulness, but yet also grieving in that same stance. It, it's almost like the Lord knew what not like he knew, he knew, let me rephrase that, he knew that the enemy would have tempted me with my grandmother and all of that. The enemy would have tempted me so much 
with alcohol again and, you know, try to take me back to fall into temptation for my addictions. He, literally, that's what would have happened, I'm sure. But you have to understand where I was at. I was a new creation in Christ. I was a quote-unquote baby Christian, so to speak. I was I was learning. I was literally reading the word. We were going to church. We, you know, we were really learning ourselves, like learning, you know, you know, going to church, reading the word, you know, applying it to our daily lives is literally where we were at in our life at that time. So for me to have a child in that time, it was, it was literally God's perfect timing. And that promise, that prayer, you know, my heart's desire literally was fulfilled in that time. And, you know, God's grace is, is definitely sufficient in that time. Um, I just, you know, I can't thank God enough for the fulfillment of that, especially in that season of my life. And, you know, um, I still struggled even then. I still struggled with PCOS. I still struggle with it today. It is a, um, it's part of my life. You know, I, I have to literally push through it every day. Um, you know, my weight goes up and down and then some days, you know, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, but I have learned and researched so many things of what foods are good, what foods will inflame, like, you know, cause a major upflare inflammation and stuff like that. But, you know, (laughs) you know, the crazy thing is, is that God is so good, but yet God has a sense of humor. So, you know, if you've heard the first episode, part one, you would know that when we, me and my husband first got married, we literally just, we had agreed on two kids. You know, I'm, I'm the fourth child in, in my siblings. And then my husband is, he's got an older, or I'm sorry, a younger brother. And so we were just like, you know, two, we're good with two. Let's just have two. It wasn't really, we weren't really looking for, to have any more kids only because of the fact that we struggled with fertility issues for seven years, seven years, which seemed so long, and the heartache, it was very hard, very difficult. So when I say that I have such compassion and passionate about women and family members who struggle with fertility issues, because I've walked that road to struggle and question yourself, are you woman enough? What's wrong with you? Like, why can't you have kids? I felt so barren for so long, but God's faithfulness, and he fulfilled his promises to me that I couldn't ever thank him enough for the timing that he fulfilled that promise for me in my life. And I apologize for getting so emotional, but this part of my testimony is very near and dear to me because There are so many women out there that struggle with fertility issues. And, you know, I have preached before on a on a um, Mother's Day a few years back when the Lord literally had given me a message. But, you know, it doesn't really matter the capacity you are at. You're you know, a lot of women. You think you have to have a child in order to become a mom. I just want to say this. That's not true. Your role as a woman, whether you are a mom by having bare 
your own children, you've, you've had them yourself, or you've adopted, or you have a foster parent, or um, you're an aunt, and you don't have kids, you still play a role as a mom, regardless of your stage of what your title is. Um, or even, uh, you know, some women I know that can be grandmas, but they've never had kids. They've married, you know, a man that had kids, and, you know, they become grandparents in that stage. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you still play a role as a woman figure in that person's life. So I just, you know, you're still a mom. Regardless of what your your role is, you still represent a woman figure, so to speak, in, in a child's life, no matter what. And I say that being because I, um, I had my, my, my aunt, um, this is on my mom's side. She, um, she was literally, I don't want to say she was my only aunt, but it felt like that because, um, if you've heard the first story, you would understand that, you know, my dad is not my biological father. Yes, he has sisters and brothers and stuff like that, but my dad, he's not my biological father. But just to side note that my the my mom's only uh well my mom my aunt on my mom's side um she's no longer here she's gone to be with the lord but she played a very vital role in my life she was a role model to me um i always admired her ambitiousness her determination in life and she she literally modeled a mother figure for me yes i had my mom but just her demeanor, her character, the way she was, she was an aunt, but she loved just as hard as if she was a mother to me and my sisters, literally. And so, and I share that because I wanted to basically give an example of what I mean, like your your role in your life as a woman, and, and I know a lot of women struggle with fertility issues, don't get me wrong, I've walked the road. I know what it's like to wait for so long and you feel you see other women who are getting that baby that you've been waiting for maybe seven years like me, maybe longer than that. It could be 10 years. It could be even longer than that. But I just want to encourage you that though the Lord may not have given you a child by birth, sometimes in life, God will put children in your path to be that mother figure and role model in their life. We may not understand it at the time, but I, I honestly believe it's God's way of getting ready to fulfill that prayer. God getting ready to fulfill that promise. We waited for seven years for our second child. Never understood why until we went to the doctor and understood. Yes, I I 100% believe it was literally the Lord. I will give credit where credit is due. It was the Lord. But I am also, you know, grateful for God giving wisdom to doctors and, you know, the studies that they do, medicine and stuff like that. Yes, I do. But first and foremost, I give credit to the Lord, giving him all the glory for our second child. 
our promised child because God literally showed me his grace was sufficient enough and he gave us our second child, our promised child. And I just want to encourage women out there who, and even families who have struggled with it because it that can be very detrimental to couples because it it's a lot of emotions you have a lot of emotions that take place and I'm again I'm speaking from experience you know there's just so many mix from the wife to the husband there's just different mix of emotions that will take place in that time and in that season but you know God is faithful, and I know I keep saying that, but I say that because he is. Although we waited, we struggled with fertility issues for a long time, we waited seven years, and I've said this before, it's almost as if heaven didn't want to let her go. And if you've ever met our child, you would understand what I mean by that. And she's she's different from her sisters. Um, Yes, I have three girls. (laughs) Um, but I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for God blessing me with three girls. But she's very different. Like, there's just something different about her. And, you know, they're all different. You know, they all have a different, you know, if you heard my first part, you would understand the oldest, you know, how the Lord gave me her and how I got pregnant and everything about that. And they each have their own testimony, how they were brought into this world. And uh, the second one, she's just different. There's just something different about her. And, you know, I we struggled with that. And we were, we were perfectly fine with two, but God had a sense of humor. And um, my PCOS has never gotten better. Like I said, I have struggled with it for many years. And it was in... 2015, I had, um, we weren't even trying to have a kid, okay? Like, literally, that was way far back in our mind. Honestly, we were waiting to try to become, um, well, we, we were actually, I was already an aunt, but um, my husband's um, brother had just, well, they'd been married for a while, but we were waiting for them to have kids. And, and then God just, you know, has this sense of humor, and in 2015, we had just finished our um, our MIP stuff, and we had gone to the commissioning services and stuff like that, come back, and I just, I really had struggled a lot with my menstrual cycles, really hadn't had a cycle, and not sure what was going on, and my husband was like, maybe you're pregnant, I'm thinking, mm, nope, like, that's, like, that was literally far beyond my mind, because we weren't even trying, we weren't even thinking about that, because... I didn't want to go through the heartache again. I didn't want to go through that. So we were good. We were happy. We were content with two kids. Great. Thank you, Jesus. You know, fulfillment, promise. You know, we were good with that. I I was totally fine with two kids, two girls. That's fine with me. So in uh, 2015, um, we found out uh, it was probably around May of 2015. We had literally had just gotten back and uh, we found out we were pregnant. Didn't tell none of our family members. Like, I'm like, I'm not saying anything. Like, because I had no idea. So PCOS, when you're at a high risk, remember what I said earlier at the very beginning, I said, what man sees as a risk, there's no risk with God. I told you that was going to come back. 
So, I was, um, I had gained a lot of weight, a lot. Um, and when I got pregnant with the third child, uh, we didn't say anything. Like, we didn't, we didn't say anything. I didn't, I didn't want anybody to know because I was very just cautious with this one. Like, the way the pregnancy happened and, you know, everything, I was just very just sensitive. I didn't want nobody to know because I didn't want to, you know, share the news and then something happened. With PCOS, we are at a high risk. People, women who have PCOS, you are at a higher risk with women that don't have PCOS. We are at a higher risk to uh, miscarry. So that was one thing that I was, you know, so thankful. I never, that, I never have that. And, and I know there are women that are out there that have miscarried. And um, I have very, very close people in my life that have faced that. So I, I don't understand the miscarriage part. I've not ever experienced that. So I'm not going to go any further on that because I, I don't have a testimony to share on that. The only thing I will say is I am thankful and grateful with the condition that I have that I didn't experience that. Even though the third pregnancy was very touchy, um, I really thought I was going to miscarry because the whole pregnancy was different than the other two. Like from the time I got pregnant to the time that I had her, it, it was very, very different. So our third child, if you've ever heard me at, an, at a speaking engagement or preached, she is literally our miracle baby. Um, we were done with two kids because of the heartache and the emotional stage that we went through with the second one. I didn't want to go through that. Um, when I took a home pregnancy test the first time, it went into air, and I thought, yeah, that's what I thought. I'm not. This is just my PCOS. Well, then I ended up taking another one, and, of course, you know, it shows the little lines, and I'm thinking, mm, I, yeah, no. So I literally probably bought, like, 10 more because I was not having it. Like, I wasn't believing it. Just, yeah, that was just me. And when I went to the doctor, it was confirmed that I was in fact pregnant and we didn't tell any of our family members. It took a really long time. I think we were out of the first, going into the second trimester before we even told family members. Cause I was just so nervous. So just, it was just such a touchy, I, I just wasn't sure. And like I said, I didn't want to say anything. And then something happened just because of my weight gain. And I was very much overweight so when I had her, I was really strictly, not on a diet, but the, but the doctor was very, like, cautious. Like, you know, you know, you can only gain this much weight. And so I was like, okay. So I was watch, being very careful what I ate, how I ate, you know, making sure I was taking my vitamins, making sure I was drinking a lot of water and stuff like that. And um, so we had our third child, um, she was actually born in January <laughs> of 2016. And literally when they, um, so I've had all three of my children, cesarean, C-section. And when they placed her over the, the curtain and over towards me, I literally heard the Holy Spirit whisper say, completion. 
And number three, if you've ever studied the numbers, the Hebrew numeric, um, number three is completion in the Bible. And she literally is our, our miracle child. This child is everything in one. <laughs> like there's never a dull moment with her. She, she, she definitely completes our family in every way. She is the baby, but on a side note, she's the boss. I'll just say that. And don't let her sisters tell you any different. <laughs> Literally. She, she can hold her own. And, but she's just, just as the other two, she's very special. Just, it's just amazing how, what man saw as a risk, there is no risk with God. Um, and I say that because I literally gained, I was told I can only gain 13 pounds because I was overweight. And because of my overweight, they were scared that I would have the, um, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but women who are overweight can sometimes get, women who are pregnant, let me rephrase that, women who are pregnant can sometimes get, uh, just, there it is, gestational diabetes when they're pregnant. And so I, uh, that was one of the things that my doctor was really like, you know, got to be careful with my weight, got to be careful. So I was, you know, making sure I was walking and doing things that I needed to do to maintain and not gain more than what was, was told for me to gain or should have gained. And, you know, again, what man sees as a risk, there's no risk with God. I literally gained 13 pounds. That's it. Literally, that's all I gained with the third pregnancy. And when she came out, that was it. There was nothing else. No, I mean, it was just amazing how the Lord worked in that way. Um, he is such a good God. And, you know, I know, again, there are so many women out there, families who struggle with fertility issues. Your heart earns for a child more children, whatever it may be. But I just want you to know and encourage you that it can take a long time and it may feel like forever, but God's timing is not our timing. And his thoughts are higher than ours and his ways are greater than ours. And he's a faithful God. He is a graceful, sufficient God. And his promises are yes and amen. And I know when you, you if you ever see me or you know me, um, you would think, she don't struggle with, with fertility issues. Yes, I did. And, and that's where I'm going to go back to saying, you don't know the cost of someone's oil. You don't know the sacrifices that they face. You don't know. So I'm very passionate about compassion with women who struggle with fertility issues. It is something that is just very, I don't know how to put it in words, but it's just very near and dear to me because it, like I said, with the second one, it felt so long, so long. And then just for God to just, within a snap of a finger, oh, here's the third one. And it's like, is this for real? Because you start to question, you start to recall all the heartache, all the emotions that you went through. And he, he's a God of possibility. He's a God who will see you through. He's a God who will answer your prayer, even though the timing may feel like it's off. It may feel like forever. It may feel like quick and fast and furious. 
but he's a faithful God. And know that you, your, your, your role as a woman doesn't necessarily have to be a child that you physically had. You can pay, play a vital part in someone's life and still be a representative, a represent, representation of a mother figure for that individual. And even though it may not, you may feel like, oh, it's not the same. Just open up your heart and you don't realize that the children that the Lord will bring in your path, he puts them there for a reason. He puts them there for a purpose in whatever, whatever capacity or whatever way that you could see fit, you would understand why. And sometimes you'll understand why. And, you know, I've, I've literally seen friends that have had, they've adopted, and later on, God gives them their miracle, and they become pregnant. And it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, and these, these and I'm not going to share their names because that's not my testimony, but these are friends and family members that we have prayed for, and we have literally watched those prayers be fulfilled. So God is no respecter of person. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. If he can do it for the people that we have been praying for and have seen their promise be fulfilled, prayers being fulfilled and answered, then I know God can do it for you. God, God again, is no respecter of person. He is a faithful God. And sometimes it takes our obedience to be like, okay, God, what do I need to do? Or, okay, God, like, help me in this situation. Yes, I feel like I'm stretched. And I did felt, literally felt like I was stretched and ready to give up. Like, we never thought about adoption in that time and season with our second child. It wasn't something we thought about. It was more like um, we had gone through so much heartache that it was like, I, I don't want to go through it anymore. So when God fulfilled that long, what felt forever prayer to be fulfilled, his promise to us was fulfilled. It was the most powerful thing. And for it to be like literally when we had our third child, just that quick of a snap of a finger, which it just seemed quicker. And I know it wasn't quicker, but we weren't even thinking about it. Like it wasn't anything that we were thinking of um, at the time. It's just in his timing, in his perfect, his perfect timing. And God is a good God, and he is a faithful God. So what man sees as a risk, there is no risk with God. And that is my second part of my testimony to share with you that whatever promise God has given you and you haven't seen it come to pass, keep pushing, keep pressing in. Don't give up on the brink of your miracle. God will literally see you through. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.